Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Mike's on. He's ready to go. On the fan. New York Sports Radio. Mike's on. Mike's on. All right, on this uh, Thursday night, we say goodbye to the month of April. You're going to remember it for a long time because it's the strangest April any of us have ever lived through. Uh, you can put that on top of the strangest March we ever lived through, and hopefully the May won't be in the same category, but I got a feeling it will be. Uh, as we begin May tomorrow on this last day of April, on this Thursday evening, we'll be with you until 6.30. You heard uh, just a minute ago, uh, they will bring you back to the... Halcyon days of yore with the Mets tonight, 1969. So anything with 69 is obviously magical. Howie will be there to take you through it. Uh, He remembers it well. He and I were both teenagers in those days. He was a Mets fan. I wasn't. But still, uh, all of us, as I've said to you many times, all of us got caught up with, I admit it, I admit it, even as a diehard Yankee fan, I got caught up in that Met 69 thing. All right? I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was stunned by the whole thing. And I wasn't like adamantly rooting against them. I, I wasn't that way. So I didn't hate them or anything. You couldn't hate the Mets. The Mets had never done anything to hate. You have a reason to hate them. They'd never done anything before. I mean, they had just existed. They were clowns, and then they started to get respectable. They started to have Seaver and Kuzman and start to edge away. Remember, the year before they win it, they finished ninth. So they'd never come close to a winning season. And then all of a sudden, you snap your fingers. There they go, late August, take off, wind up winning 100 games that year. See, people don't realize they became a really good club that year. They, weren't a, they were a club that was the classic pitching, timely defense, platoon, just enough hitting, make that one special ingredient trade that was Clendenin, get that one magical season out of the great player that was Seaver, and have so many other guys. You know, Kuzman was incredibly clutch, but they got a lot out of their platoons, whether it was the glider and Garrett at third base, or whether it was Weiss at second base with Boswell, or whether it was, you know, using the bats of, you know, uh, Shamsky and Swoboda, okay? You relied on a couple everyday players. You had Grody for the most part behind the plate. You know, you had Jason Moore, but you had Grody. 
You had Buddy at short, which was a pepper pot kind of shortstop. It was a good field, one a big hitter. You had A.G. was having a really good center field year, you know, power, cover the ground, leadoff hitter, get some hits. And then you had Cleon Jones having that huge year and left. You know, you had Cleon Jones batting 340, being that classic middle of the order guy. Wasn't a home run hitter, but a line drive hitter. And Cleon had an incredible season that year. He was just a line drive machine. That's all he was. But Clendenin, just like the Busher came to the Knicks and made the difference, not just in the year they have, but how they make everybody better how one guy gets out of the way bellamy for reed which is what was a product of that trade comives and the busher comives and bellamy for the busher and you get reed into his more natural spot and get bellamy out of the way bellamy was a bellamy was a big scorer i mean a major scorer but getting that guy out of the way opens things up for other people. And then you have that one guy who gives a lineup credibility, and that's what Clendenin brought to that team. He gave that lineup credibility. And they had guy. I mean, I'm telling you, A.G. had a really good year. And A.G. had a lot of power. He wasn't a great hitter. He didn't have a lot of great years if you look it up. But at power, you get on base, he'd make the big catch, what a great center fielder, but he covered the ground. He made a big catch. Cleon was right in the middle of the lineup doing it every day. Grody was, a, they were, you know, really good defensively because Grody was a great defensive catcher. And Buddy was a really good defensive shortstop. They played it really well up the middle. And then they had classic pitching. Just classic pitching, led, of course, by Seaver and Kuzman. But, you know, Seaver and Kuzman, and having Nolan Ryan as a swing guy, having Gentry. I mean, they, 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 they had plenty. They really, and they got, they got hot and then beat a good Atlanta Braves team, which didn't have a lot of pitching, and then obviously stunned the Orioles in the World Series. So uh, you relive some of that in this uh, crazy year where you, you, know, you do relive so many of these events. This is, takes you back a long, long way to 1969, but to one of the really amazing years in the history of New York sports and really one of the amazing teams, you know, from Marvelous Marv to a miracle. That was really true. You know, they went from being the clowns to being this really amazing, you know, football team. I bet, uh, football team, I'm, I'm looking at the football thing today, uh, baseball team. I was looking at football, looking at Dalton being released. Uh, obviously, it's no longer his team. Yeah, you know, he won terrible. Much maligned because he's a Bengal. Not in the right spot at the right time, but productive. Had a productive career, you know, threw for 30,000 yards, had 200 touchdown passes. I mean, you know, had a decent career. Really did. Can still play. You got these guys, you know, who can still play. You know, you still have these guys who can play, who are moving from teams like Winston and like Dalton. And obviously, 
a couple others still looking for homes who we know can get the job done. Um, and where they're going to wind up is going to be very interesting to see. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Um, Little League World Series canceled. So, again, don't be surprised by anything like that. It's going to happen. You've had the Hall of Fame canceled the last couple of days for baseball. You have to wait now for Jeter and Larry Walker. You have Little League World Series canceled. Yesterday, Saratoga, no racing at Saratoga. We still don't know if the horses will race there. We still don't know if they will conduct racing for television because the product is an expensive one, and it helps a lot. And it's, you know, the simulcasting of Saratoga all over the country does very, very well. So I don't know what their plan is. I really don't. There was a lot of talk about or a little buzz about guys wanting to cancel the NBA season. And then LeBron stepped up and said, hey, nobody's canceling this season. Well, you know LeBron doesn't want to cancel it. He knows, A, he's got a chance to win it. B, clock's ticking doesn't have a whole lot of years left. So everyone becomes very, very precious. And this is one where he thinks, hey, you know, I can, I can win this. You'd feel the same way if you were LeBron. I don't have any problem with that. You know, if I were the Bucks, I'd feel the same way. Hey, I can, I can win this this year. If you're the Clippers, you're thinking the same thing. We can put this together and win this this year. So we'll see what happens. We just don't know. Every day, it looks like very little chance we will have any sporting events where there will be fans in the stadiums or in the arenas or in wherever they have as their venues. It just doesn't look like it's going to be possible. Especially when you're looking at anything that you listen to and they tell you that if they did everything right and dotted every I and crossed every T and had everything break right, the best they could do with a with a vaccine is a year. And that's really, they say, probably not even realistic. They're trying to be wishful thinking. So that's where we are on this uh, Thursday evening as we say goodbye to the month of April. We'll get, maybe we squeeze a couple of calls in if you want. Jump aboard right now. Uh, we'll get a couple of calls before we say goodbye. Take your eye up until the... Uh, Replay of the uh, Mets and the, I believe they're doing the uh, the uh, Braves tonight. I believe that's what they're doing uh, as they're getting you ready. for. The, I guess they've already played the World Series games. I don't know which ones they've played yet. I know they played game six before. I don't know which other ones they've played, but I think they're pretty much playing a whole bunch of the 69 games, and they're playing one tonight uh, from 69 when the Mets just ripped through as they did, uh, you know, I had, like I said, the team was became a terrific team. I mean, they they went thirty eight nine down the stretch. They won a hundred games on the season. They swept the Braves and then they beat the uh, Orioles in five games. Can't do much better than that. I mean, you know, you can't have a much better season than that. Dalton's uh, gone from Cincinnati, where he had a let's be honest, he had a pretty good career. I, I, much maligned because I think you know you get to a point where you're with a team that never wins the big game and then you get kind of put in the middle of that. So where does he go? I know some people think now that New England's not a possibility because they would have gone and got him. I'm not sure that's the case. I think he could wind up in New England. I think he could wind up in Jacksonville. I think he could wind up in Denver. Um, 
I would think those would be the more logical spots. You obviously have Jameis uh, in New Orleans. You still have Cam Newton out there. Um, so, but listen, he'll find a job. He could play in the league. I mean, the guy's he's okay. I mean, he's not great, but he's solid. I mean, he's a, he's a guy that he can win a game for you. You know, if if you turn if you turn a game over to him, he can win a game for you. I don't think there's any question about that. Do I think he's a great quarterback? No. Is he a good quarterback? He's okay. He's not, he's not going to hurt you. You know, there's a lot of journeyman guys. He's definitely been better than. I mean, the guy's had a highly productive career. You know, you get you know I, when you think about it, you're going to say he's had a pretty solid career when you look at it. Nothing great, but he's not going to be remembered. But he's a guy that very workmanlike. Had plenty of good games, plenty of solid games. Put up some solid numbers. So. If you threw him in a game, could he win it for you? Absolutely. See, there to be an insurance policy. You know, could he be an insurance policy on any of those teams? Absolutely. Some of those teams he could play. So I'm sure he wants to go somewhere where he, get, where he has a chance to compete. That's all he wants to do. I'm sure he wants to go to a place where, you know, I, I doubt he wants to go at this point sit behind a guy. Like, let's say he came to the Jets and was the backup. He's not going to play. They're not going to let him challenge for the job. Now, you can be there to back up a guy who might get hurt. You can always get hurt in this league. You can always get your bell rung in this league. That's fine. You go to other places, you can challenge for the job. You go here, you're going to play the backup role. It depends what's in his head at this point. But one thing you know about quarterback is it's never over. Absolutely never over. Things change in a hurry. One play. All right, let me get a couple in here before we turn it over to baseball. Jason in Great Neck. Go ahead, Jason. What's going on? Mike, real quick, there's a show on HBO, The Plot Against America. I'm not sure if you ever heard of it. It's I know it's about Lindbergh. I have not seen it. I know it's, it's about it. – yeah. It's, yeah. it's not it's – not, it's not John Turturro's uh, in that, right? John Turturro. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. And it's by the same people that did The Wire. Uh, right. Simon well, The Wire was well done. The Wire was no, well done. Uh, yeah, yes. absolutely. But, Mike, real quick, on, on Trevor Lawrence – would you recommend that he just sit out this year? I mean, who knows if football is going to be back in college? He's, he's already the number one pick. He won a national championship. Why not just sit out this year and just not I don't think back? he'll play. Uh, Jason, listen, he's not going to. I can tell you this. He's not going to, and thanks for the call, he's not going to give up another year of his livelihood and of his earning power. This coming year will be his last year outside the NFL. So if they don't play this year, he will be in the NFL next year. That's a given. Remember, he's not allowed in the league until he's had three years. You can be a redshirt sophomore. You can be a pure junior. You have to have three years before you can go into the draft. He's going to be in the NFL draft next year. He's going to be the first player picked. That's a lock. I mean, the only way he's not is if he suffers a serious injury. Otherwise, he's the first. I mean, a serious injury. Because if he suffered anything that was, you know, something that heals, he's still going to be the first player picked. So it would have to be a serious injury for him to, to not be the first player picked. That's how good he is. He's going to come in with a can't-miss grade. He's going to come in with an Elway, Aikman, Luck kind of can't-miss grade at the quarterback position. He's got everything you could ever want. Size. The whole thing. There's nothing he doesn't have. And he's got a great arm. I mean, he's, he's got a chance to be a big star. Uh, Nick and Guilford, what's up, Nick? 
talking about books to read during this, and it started me rereading Truman. But I was wondering, have you read the the, the Robert Carroll books on Johnson? No, I uh, oh, I have you, I I have never read a book on Lyndon Johnson. You have to. There are four What's the name of the book? Give me the book. Well, he's got four books. If you just look up the the, the author is Robert Carroll. Robert. Okay. Okay. And, and there is there one that you recommend more than the others or no? Well, the third one was Master of the Senate. That won the Pulitzer Prize, but all right. four of them are great. And he And he was the he was the Master of the Senate. There's no question. Absolutely. And he also his first his first 18 months Probably was the most productive president in the history of the United States in terms of what he ushered. Yeah, what he what he ushered in in terms of legislation. It, no, it's never been equaled in the history of mankind. That's the book that Carol is working on now, and everybody's yeah. waiting for the fifth book. It's got Vietnam. I tell you, it's funny. I I actually started rereading Truman, and I actually took it out of my books uh, out of my library and started reading it about a, a week and a half ago, and I've read that book three times. Uh, and I'm telling you, that is the best book I've ever. It's it's amazing to have a man where he didn't want any of this, and everything fell on his shoulders. Yeah. Everything. I mean, it's a, it's utterly amazing. And then he handled it all well. It's a sure. remarkable thing. But Johnson is a very everybody gets hung up on Vietnam which a lot of which was not his fault. It was not his fault because Kennedy put General Maxwell Taylor in charge and then Johnson leaned on him and McNamara. So, you know what, uh, and you know what, and and here's the difference. He leaned on them. Kennedy would have told them what to do. That's the difference. Uh, And that's what might have happened. And I can't say which way it would have gone. That's a great debate. But the point is, he leaned on those guys, and it got out of his hand. But if you look at what he did, because having the whole wave of everybody being behind the Democrats because of the Kennedy assassination and his ability to master the Senate, as you said, he got more legislation through than anybody could ever even imagine, as you know, but the, the audience doesn't, he got through more legislation in 18 months than most presidents did. If you took 10 presidents and lined them up, they didn't get as much in as he did in 18 months. And the fascinating part is that he had that all inside him as he was coming up, but he knew to hold it back, and when he finally got the power, he used it. Oh, absolutely. And Now, what killed him was he hated that he lost his relationship with Richard Russell. That bothered the heck out of him. And, and, and you knew it would, and you knew it would change the South, and it, would, and it would divide the Senate, and it did, and there was no way for him, and thanks for the call, there was no way for him to get around it, in that they, you know, he, Richard Russell was like his father, and he loved Richard Russell, but Richard Russell did not want segregation. You know, he, uh, I mean, excuse me, did not want integration. And he was a segregationist, and... They fought like crazy, and he and Johnson, you know, split up over it, and it really bothered Johnson. Uh, Richard in Manhattan, what's up, Richard? Hi, Mike. Rate these three players, one, two, three. Joe Morgan, Lou Brock, Ricky Henderson. Joe, they're all great players. Uh, Ricky Henderson's one, Lou Brock's two, Joe Morgan's three. Uh, in New York sports history. It's a, it's a, a, thanks for the call. It's a very very. I, I mean, doing other sports is always tough. 
there were big trades, but that trade's as big a trade as ever happened in New York. There's been some great trades in New York. Some trades that were completely pivotal and changed teams. You know, absolutely. Goring was a big trade, as an example. Uh, Clendenin was a big trade. There have been a million big trades. The Yankees have made plenty of big trades. But uh, the, the Bush trade changed a team into a, into a dynasty. I mean, that's, that's how big it was. As far as those three players, Ricky Henderson is one of the greatest offensive players in the history of baseball. Lou Brock got 3,000 hits and was one of the enduring stars. And Joe Morgan won back-to-back MVPs. They're all Hall of Fame players. They're all great players, but I would rank them Henderson, Brock, Morgan. And they're all, all great players, all three of them. But Ricky Henderson's first. Ricky Henderson's one of the greatest offensive players. As a matter of fact, he's underrated. He is one of the greatest offensive forces in the history of Major League Baseball. The idea of baseball is to score runs. There has never been anybody better at scoring runs than Ricky Henderson. And the idea of baseball is to get on base and get home safely. That is the essence of the sport. And he did that better than just about any player in the history of the sport. He wasn't the best player. He wasn't the best hitter. He wasn't the best fielder. He wasn't the best guy. But in the essence of getting on first, his on-base percentage, stealing bases, and then scoring, he was one of the lethal weapons in the history of professional baseball and is highly underrated. Uh, Casamigos Tequila brings you the program, as always, brought to you by those who drink it. Met Baseball, coming up with Howie next. Be safe. We'll see you tomorrow. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.